Hey, so this week on the podcast, Daniel and I sit down together and we look at the idea of pain and hurt leaving Christianity or any religion, to be honest with you. Is it possible to leave a religion without the pain and hurt and baggage that more often than not comes with stepping away from a framework of belief? We also take a glance at deconstruction, what it means to construct and what it means to deconstruct and how it's possible to do so and also hold on to a religious framework. It's a really healthy conversation and I really enjoyed having this with Daniel. It's been one we've been planning for a while and uh, I know a few listeners have requested it as well. So I hope you find it helpful and I hope you find it fruitful. Welcome to When Belief Dies. The aim of this podcast and YouTube channel is to have conversations that honestly reflect on faith, religion, and life. Once a week, every week, we aim to bring you a conversation that explores belief with a variety of guests from various parts of the world, delving into why some subscribe to a specific religion and or denomination, and why others have either never believed or decided to walk away from a framework of belief. The more we can understand about why someone holds or rejects a specific religious position, the more honest we can be with the positions we hold as we strive to believe as many true things as possible. This is why it's amazing to have you with us each and every week. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello and welcome to another episode of When Belief Dies. My name's Sam and today I'm joined once again by Daniel. Daniel, how's it going, man? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year. Yeah, we're recording this on the 4th of January, which is um, which is weird. Like, Not that I didn't think we'd get to January, but it's just weird <laughs> that we're in January. I don't, I don't know why. It just feels really strange. Have you got that sort of odd sort of New Year feel to it, or are you, are you fine with this? It, it feels like a continuation of last year, if I'm honest. Like, New Year's night was actually pretty nice. Like, I don't know about you, but it was really warm where we were. And just looking out over uh, Bradford, the city I, I live near, um, seeing all the fireworks go off at midnight, it's actually quite nice. But then you you just come back to work and everything's the same and, you know, still have the Rona uh, running around, of course. So, uh yeah, not much has changed. What well, What about you? Are you feeling that New Year feel? Um, well, kind of, kind of not. So I'm I'm in between two jobs at the moment. So I've had uh, I, this has never happened before. But I've basically had four four weeks off. This is my last of the four weeks, which is just um absolutely insane. So I've just been spending loads of time reflecting, loads of time reading, um, mm -hmm. watching loads and loads of videos on random random shit on YouTube as as you do. Um, yeah. Neglecting all my parenting responsibilities. My wife hates me, etc. etc. Um so New Year's Eve, um me me and Kirsty were actually both in bed by 9 30. Um just done. <laughs> I was like there's there's no point. And then our window was slightly open because it's quite a warm night and uh, the fireworks went off and we both woke up and went Happy New Year! Happy New Year. <laughs> we, were just, we were just gone again, so it, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal for us. But it, the whole sort of like kind of getting to it was quite nice. I think um, mm. I don't. I always think these sort of things are going to last longer. Like you know, everyone's waiting for Christmas. You wait to get to Christmas. You wait to get to New Year. It's going to be like a time to chill and family and stuff. And then it's just do, 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 gone. It's like oh, okay, I'm now the other side of it, and I feel like I've not had that like unwind that I thought I was going to get. Um, mm. But I think that's just life. I think it just continues until it doesn't continue anymore as more <laughs> 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 um 
Oh gosh, until somebody is clearing out your drawers and it's not you. Anyway, um, today I was thinking it'd be really good to chat through. We've actually had a request for this, the sort of talking about, um, I guess, negativity or resentment coming out of Christianity and whether it is possible to leave the faith and not be resentful or um, angry or frustrated. Um, and I know that I've I've sent out a few tweets in the past or threads of tweets which have mm. come across angry and, and bitter and I guess kind of just, just kicking us off if that's okay. Like I do feel that there is resentment in me towards kind of the idea of Christianity that I had and also quite a lot of the people that I thought were my brothers and sisters in that sort of belief system and recognizing that that's not everybody and there are loads of people that mm. I've gotten absolutely fine with post-Christianity but there is still a lot of pain and suffering in there so um, I just thought it'd be really good to kind of just lay that out there and be really open and honest with where I am now but also kind of get your take on it Daniel like do you think it's possible to leave a faith like Christianity when you've held it so tightly and not be bitter or resentful or um sad at what's changed um i guess first of all i want to say yes <laughs> if if only for my for my own interest um yeah i do think it is it is a tricky one um and it, i think for me it's certainly taken more time and there are still things which set me off and there are still like there are things which I look back now and it's like, why, why did I care so much about that? That seems out of context or, or not out of context, but out of proportion uh, to really the rational mind that I now have looking back at what I was thinking earlier in that sort of journey of deconstruction and leaving uh, Christianity in the end. So there are, there are aspects where I feel like I've let a lot of that stuff go and there are still moments where I still I, I feel like I still have it like you just as you said like a lot of it is people so a lot of the theology and stuff like actually I've worked through a lot of that but there are still certain people where I really struggle uh in terms of my relationship and yeah I guess there's more of a feeling of um betrayal um and that's that's not necessarily an entirely fair feeling towards them, but sort of a, actually you were one of the people that really reinforced a lot of the damaging stuff, and the, like you did something which wasn't helpful to me and had me believing that it was helpful to me, and I'm angry about that. Um, and also, obviously, when I told you I was leaving, you're. Your response wasn't helpful. Your response was defensive and and things like that. So I think there are still people who I really, really struggle with. And yeah, there are still moments of one sort of uh, anger and fr frustration, um, obviously just at the whole fact of I used to believe this stuff and I believed it for so long and so sincerely, like why? Um, I know often it's like directed at myself. Uh, if anything, you know, I'm angry at what I used to believe and the, the fact that it, it took me so long to put all my thoughts together and recognize actually I'm not happy with this. Uh, I'm not happy with how damaging I now think it is. So yeah, um, guilt, resentment uh yeah it all gets wrapped up in that and i do think 
uh, and this is something I never would have, I, I would have thought a little bit, but I wasn't fully aware of just how much, like, genuinely losing, losing your faith to, for a lack of a better word, would be a sense of loss. It would be a sense of bereavement. It would lead to such massive upheaval in terms of the emotions that, yeah, it takes a long time to work through. Um, and I, I didn't expect that until I, I actually went through it. And I especially like listening to podcasts like the Graceful Atheist podcast and, you know, hearing so many other sort of incredible stories of what people have gone through in that journey. And, you know, those moments where you, you just recognize someone going through that emotion and you remember sort of those moments yourself. It's, it's really helpful to know that actually, yeah, there are a lot of emotions in this and it takes a long time to work through. Um, and for me, that was partly just time and thinking through it. Um, and part of that was was therapy as well, which I found incredibly helpful and would would recommend if, if people can get it. Um, having someone sort of externally to the situation just help you process and someone that you can be, yeah, brutally honest with and who you know they're just going to listen and try and reflect back to you um, different ways of framing your thoughts, different ways of processing it um, was incredibly helpful as well. So yeah, so where, like, you kind of touched on it briefly, but it would be a bit interesting to hear um, where you're at and, and sort of what are some of the things that you've, that have helped you? Um, yeah. 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 Sure. I mean, therapy for me, I've got a great therapist, um, called Jack Daniels. He does a really good job of helping me to, to cope with, uh, that's a bad joke. I'm sorry. Um, anyway, yes. Um, I, I, I do like whiskey, but not for those reasons. Um, I, I think talking to people is vital. And I think a big part of working this through for me is, stripping out the different elements of Christianity and being really brutally honest about what has hurt me and why it's hurt me and what hasn't actually hurt me and what's okay. And I had loads of friends who are Christians who came to me and said, Sam, as long as you're happy and you're following what your heart is saying, that's okay. Like they believe God's real. I don't believe that the God they believe is real, but they're still saying it doesn't really matter whether this God's real or not. What's important is that you're not lying to yourself and pretending that something's true and almost that sort of like, what did I used to call it? I used to call that sort of like serve or lie. Like I can go to the front of church and pretend it's all true, but it's, I don't think it's true. So I'm just going to serve. And then eventually I left completely but it's, it's that idea that I don't want to live in in, in shoes that that aren't that are too tight or too big because they no longer fit. Um, I want to live in shoes that are correct for me, so I can walk this journey correctly. And I think the the, the biggest sort of resentment or bitterness or pain within me that I I very much view this this podcast as a sort of weapon against almost, and as a strong term. So let me kind of justify that in a moment. But um, is the sort of classic Christian rejection because you no longer believe. So there's this idea that actually the sort of, and I, I'm going to read the tweet thread that I reposted a little while ago. It's pretty brutal, but it kind of emphasizes it quite well. But this sort of idea that the unforgivable sin is almost to no longer believe the doctrines to be true anymore, not for any reason of your own, but to no longer actually think it's true. Um, I'm going to read the sort of read read the tweet and explain why I wrote it and then kind of what it means but it's very much on this lines of bitterness but it kind of very emphasized that to a very specific christian so i've had quite a lot of kind of christians who i know who are lovely who kind of gone back to i'm so sorry it's been so tough like this and i'm like that's absolutely fine like i'm not this isn't against you this is against christians who 
who have looked at me with sadness and rejected me and my family and my wife who's still a Christian and our children and no longer invite us to their gatherings and no longer want to talk to us and we've just been written off all the Christmas cast lists and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so um, this is pretty brutal so for those who it, it upsets I'm sorry but here we go <clears throat> so a letter to those who will never read it to the ones that once dared to know me it has caused me great pain to battle within myself and put this down you used to laugh with me, you used to listen to me, you used to cry with me, and you used to confide in me. When you realised that I no longer believed in the God we once professed, the easiest thing for you to do was not to find sorry, the easiest thing for you to do was not to find out why, it was to cut me off and allow me to drift away. The ease with which this rejection took place was crippling. Not just for me though, my wife and children lost friends and those they once thought to be family. Plunged into darkness, I found out what the Christian unforgivable sin really must be. To realise that the one whom you thought was on fire for God has woken up without any choice of their own and realised that as far as they can see, the truth they once held is built upon a perhaps and lies. With this, there is no coming back, not just for the apostate, but also for their spouse and children, even though they still earnestly wanted to believe. So now when I stand there and look into your eyes, I see the sorrow you feel, but I know that you can see the fire that blazes behind mine. I will not lie down. I will not stop explaining the claims you profess to be true. I will explore this, I will explore this space and ensure that any who walk the path your hands have forced me upon don't suffer alone and in anguish as I did for far too long. What you showed me, clearer than day, is that for you one's beliefs come before the person themselves. What I hope to show my once Christian brothers and sisters is that I can love harder, trust deeper, explore fuller and engage richer heights than you can ever grasp within the limiting circles you place around individuals and their lives. I was cast asunder, broken and confused with those I love to die with the wolves. Did you think I would crawl back? Did you think I wouldn't learn to stand? Did you think I would perish in horror? Did you think I would accept your fate? My family are legion and your religious faith within this world is crumbling. The hows you hear, the hows you condemned those, sorry, the hows you condemn those who leave the faith to suffer from are the very hows that are devouring your version of Christianity, and there is nothing you can fucking do. Weep with despair, O tarnished bride of Christ, for your dress is red with the blood of your victims, and your time is called. Your world is ash and your truth is naught. How could you ever think I would do anything less than learn to run with the wolves? pretty brutal i admit but the point i'm trying to get across is there is a version of christianity which professes to be this all-loving perfect bride of christ who is teaching the truth teaching god's way and anyone who doesn't fit into this conformed model is rejected out of hand and there is no coming back there is no restoration there is the almost anti-christian pushing away like a pharisaical mandate and I think for me that there is this Christianity that I think Nietzsche kind of summed up really well as well, which that there is this, this desire that 
everything's love and beauty and truth and actually that that doesn't seem to be the reality of what the actions are that come from those people preaching there seems to be something very different and there is a whole sway of christians who are not like this but there are so many that just don't want to know you and reject you and cut you off because you are um unknowable and unrecognizable and and different to what they once held to be true and it's, it's almost like the sort of dress that this church wears is covered in the blood of its victims there isn't a way for it to kind of wash this stain off because there's so many people who've gone through a deconstruction have been so hurt, so hurt and that's the whole sort of like my family illusion because there seems to be this 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 plethora of individuals who've been hurt and rejected and cast out from it could be literally like marriages their children no longer talk to them relationships of any kind church settings they're alone they're desperate you look across at our kind of ex-muslims brothers and sisters and you you see some real travesty over there as well i know within jehovah's witnesses and mormons there are similar things as well there's it's not just christianity that does this it's, it seems to be religion um there seems to be this horrible ability to pretend like someone no longer exists and to cut them off and to hope they'll go away and die with the wolves and actually there is a way and i i kind of actually weirdly believe that the best way to battle this is with honest conversation and it's with love and it's with charity and it's with desiring to show the best of people and try and work out why they believe what they believe and try and try and explain yourself well enough for them to understand why you don't necessarily align yourself to those positions and it's about sort of weirdly stepping into the gap they've created and actually trying to have the conversations or at least putting them out there so that if somebody one day wonders they're there for them to go back to and to to view over anyway the, the tweet is pretty hardcore I'm, I'm aware but i found it very helpful to express the specific thing that i've held on to and been really hurt by within christianity as a reminder to me to never become that person um even outside of christianity i think there are so many worldviews and things we can hold on to that if somebody rejects we can just go right you're done to me so like if for instance if somebody has an issue with um let's use an example that's really sort of a kind of a big one like let's say somebody says something against um trans like transgender or something like that so someone doesn't understand it or doesn't believe it or, or struggles with it it's very easy to stay especially to kind of cut them off and go well they're they're a bigot they're, they're an idiot they don't know anything and actually i kind of want to reach out and love that person and have grace and sympathy and not just kind of cut them off from my world and let them drift away and reject them i actually want to be able to kind of talk to them and understand their viewpoints and have that those those hard conversations that are really really tricky and really treacherous and and could hurt um both of us but actually showing that love is is vital i think to actually healing that rejection anyway i'm, I'm blabbling uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on on the tweet i'm aware you probably think it's a uh, too much Sam. it's too much well you're going full-on apocalyptic there <laughs> um I mean, yeah, and it it's it's strong imagery, but knowing you and knowing that like for you it was that rejection from the church, if I understand like a lot of what you're saying is that has been the hardest bit. That's been what really, really aches you. Um uh, I know when we've talked about this both a, a little bit on the podcast and also offline, like that's what you come back with, uh, to that sort of feeling of rejection and I think that's sort of like where a lot of that is obviously coming from and I think this is a really interesting thing about all of us sort of have our own sort of unique uh, like unique journeys which obviously always have like similar patterns because we're all engaging with very similar versions of Christianity that is so prevalent across US, UK, places like Brazil as well and any other sort of fundamentalist uh or um group so yeah i i found like 
it's interesting because I, I I do agree with so much of it, and I know what you mean. Like, there's that delicate balance of, I, you know, like I, part of me wants to just turn around and go, well, I'm rejecting you then, and cut you off, and think that you're in the wrong and you're hopeless. You're the one that's that's absent, while at the same time recognizing. Well, actually, I changed my mind, and if so many other people are changing their minds, actually, with the right conversations, can we have people go reevaluate uh, their beliefs and think again? I know it can happen. I've done it, so therefore, I want to like trust that with work, with time, there might be ways that we can sort of reach out to people, those people who are also Christians. And I guess that's a really interesting one around resentment and creating collateral damage because I, like, you, you see it on Twitter with people who are putting up uh, memes which are oversimplistic and a bit disruptive and unhelpful, uh, mocking religion. And Part of me wants to go, well, actually, it's not really that helpful. Uh, two, that argument's really bad, and I could easily <laughs> sort of break it down. Um, and other bits of misinformation that usually just come along with it. And at the same time, it's like, well, actually, like, it. we've we said before, like, it's a really weird thing to, like, feel like you're gathering around atheism. Like you're gathering around the rejection of something. Uh, you're gathering around a literal nothing. Um, and But actually what we're gathering around sometimes is that response that we get in society, in our friendship groups, in our families. And that's what we're gathering around, that common experience. And what these people who are putting out these memes and putting out these this anger and frustration and you know well it is is that pain and that anguish and that resentment that's that's built up uh, against the people who have rejected them and i yeah it is such a difficult thing to step back from and work through and and you're not going to get much of that from twitter um unfortunately um so yeah, I I think it's interesting, and I do think, um, and you know, we'll we'll probably come onto this a bit more uh, a little bit later as well, but, um, just the whole question of is there a God is not necessarily actually the questions that we're we're truly asking, because I I look at so many um, Christians who say well they've, they've gone through a period of deconstruction and they're really reinventing what christianity is to them in comparison to their evangelical background and to all political purposes to a lot of the social purposes like they are far closer to me than many other atheists are um in so many things and actually this whole question of what is the fundamental nature of the metaphysics of reality that's underpinning us is something completely different to how can we build a society that accepts um, people? And a big barrier to that is when 
obviously religions sort of create these moral codes and anyone short of it is a inferior human being um or a a pitiful case um in need of salvation and the true religion to sort them out um and that can also come through when oh anyone who's not an atheist who hasn't left behind the fairy tales is also a pitiful human being um and in need of the truth um it can come from the same place uh some of that as well and i think yeah that needs its own deconstruction uh it's not just for christians it's for atheists too um yeah i guess that's some of my thoughts as as sort of what you're you're saying there i find it i find it really really interesting really cool i think this there's this really fascinating idea that yeah as you mentioned we're, we're kind of coming around atheism but i think it's almost this and i i agree it is a nothing but like atheism is 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 a, a non-belief almost isn't it that's what it is it's it's you just don't believe in this in this thing and um and i think the the reason why there's such a strong community and such a strong feeling around it is because the sort of foundations upon the foundations of the civilization that we are kind of in right now especially in the west and we've, talk, we've spoken to tom holland we kind of we, we we know this stuff but it is very much rooted within a sort of judo-christian bedrock and i know other civilizations aren't and we kind of come together in this whole world civilization now and, and i just think we're just trying to understand where we all are as humans I mean, we look at things like north korea and we say that's completely wrong and i do i do think it is completely wrong like i'm not saying it's not but they they've gone a different path to us and we're on a different path to them and we need to actually begin to kind of reconcile it all together and kind of work out okay well what is what is a moral code that we can all get behind is it is it where is it human well-being is it is it planetary well-being is it and it's actually animals in the solar system and and junk in space like what what what, what the levels we want to go to here with this and and actually begin to slowly format and, and, and understand this entire space and i think that's it's actually it's actually really exciting i think where where we're getting but to get to a meaningful conversation we need to unpick ideology and and um religious beliefs that might not even be about religion like it could be a sort of religious fundamentalism to atheism or a religious fundamentalism to capitalism or, or whatever it is that we're kind of getting behind and we're getting really really like excited about and, and backing and see I, I think all these things have merits and they have flaws and it's actually about trying to understand what the merits are why they're merits and how we can adapt it to begin to sit within a a a, a post almost cultural framework like as in like ancient cultural framework like th these paths we've been on going all different directions like you got to, to china and you've got the mongols and you've got you know russia's history and etc etc like you've got such a span of different civilizations and empires that have come and gone that have affected who people are and what they think is important and yes there are better and worse ways to live but trying to reconcile those all together we, we, we we've got an amazing challenge ahead of us and i think if we can begin to love and understand and listen and have the conversations we can begin to formulate a world that is more yeah accepting and, and loving of different people and recognizing that actually it is okay if somebody loves somebody of the other sex i know my old church would be like that is like is that is awful that's not okay we still kind of love them and accept them but we'll never get let them get married etc etc and it's just you just you just look at it and you kind of go like it doesn't it just doesn't make sense like what what is 
wrong with that? Like, can you just tell me what is actually wrong with it? And they, there just isn't a way to get around it apart from, you know, arbitrarily pointing to something in the sky and saying it's true. Like there, there's literally nothing there. And it's just this, okay, so there are loads of things we can break down sort of first principles and from that place begin to try and formulate something together. And I think that is, and I know we're mentioning talking about this as well, is this is, that is the sort of deconstruction um, of the sorts of bedrocks of our morality almost like we're, we're, we're trying to chip away bit by bit without letting the whole thing crumble what is you know marble or, or crystal what is what is hard and is robust and is there for everybody and what is the extra bits we've tacked on that it's just, it's just meaningless shit that we just need to get rid of and it's it's such a big challenge i don't know does it does it does it daunt you daniel the fact that we've got to go through these sort of next probably few hundred years of trying to reformat some sort of like morality for humans it's just it's <laughs> mad it's it's a big undertaking but I, and this is what I found really interesting was uh, in the original question we were asked is how do we deal with resentment from religion? And this is it, kind of what you were getting at in terms of what do you mean by religion? Because I I could say yes, I'm pro-religion, and no, I'm definitely anti-religion, depending on on sort of how I'm understanding that term, you know. Um, this is uh, the second plug uh, for David Ames and the Grateful, Graceful Atheist podcast. Um, it's one of my favorite in this space. And he is he's frank about the fact that, you know, he, he uses the term secular grace, deliberately stealing Christian language and shamelessly saying, yeah, that you don't own that. We're going to take that with us. Um, and even like he, he did an episode recently and he was asked, like, was his podcast a religious podcast and he says if we're defining religion as the collective search for meaning in life yes yes this is a religious thing it is to help us together communicate and tell our stories and help us um find meaning together i and you know, maybe I would shy away from using the word religion, but in terms of how he's defined it there and how he's using it there, I'm like, yeah, I think that um, there's always going to be limits. Communities can always turn sour, but that is broadly a good thing. And the, and the more I've thought about it, and the more, like, if you ever find, like, a, an expert in religious studies and, and go, just, just tell me one thing, what is religion? They'll take a big in-breath. They'll go, okay, this is complicated. <laughs> and they will proceed to give you a, a vague answer that they'll always say, uh, but there are exceptions uh, to this. You know, it's not. And, and for me, actually, I've, I've kind of fallen into the camp of, I don't think anything can truly be defined as religious. Typically, what religious tends to be is something else, and religious is this sort of wrapper that we place around it. I think to reduce it purely to, oh, uh, anything religious is a belief in something supernatural. Actually, the, you'll find a couple of religions that actually dismiss um, sort of supernatural beings, um, but it could still be understood as religion. And even then, well, what is that claim? Well, that's a, a weird metaphysical ontological claim about what exists in the universe. And the sort of religion is then wrapped on top. And then you could get a, a piece of art. You know, we've, we've just come out of the Christmas period 
and a whole bunch of Christmas carols. Um, obviously, we're playing, uh, and even I, um, I tend not to be a massive fan of Christmas music, but Safian Stevens' uh, Song for Christmas is, is a great album, and I really enjoy it. And it's got lots of Christian carols in it. And it's funny because normal Christian worship music, I absolutely I can't listen to it anymore. Um, like just on the like on the things that really trigger me. Like I used to l absolutely love the song in Christ Alone. Um, uh, that was uh, a Getty uh, song, I believe. And now when I hear it, it makes me so angry. Every single line I pick up on the the psychological manipulation. And I have massive critiques in that area. So then when a, a Christmas carol comes along, it's it's interesting that sort of uh, looking at it through a different lens. Uh, you know, I remember back, it was a long time ago now, but we had our chat with Simon Blackburn. And one of the things that we talked about there was almost like treating religion as art rather than science. And sort of just going, well, look at our society sort of, gathering around this story, real or not, taking it from a mythological sort of viewpoint of the greatest of all beings coming to the lowest of all places, um, the sort of the, the, the master slave sort of uh, combined, the rich poor combined, and godhood and humanity combined, and sort of the collective value that we all have as a society because no one can claim to have been lower than this lowest of men and no one can claim to be greater than this greatest of men and so therefore everyone's equal it's a what like it's a beautiful piece of art it's a beautiful mythology and i think we can just go oh right okay so let's take away this religious wrapper and have a look at what we have is a story that is trying to uh tell uh, to describe humanity and describe social values and describe something that we should gather around as a people and, and collectively create meaning together. Will you support when belief dies? Your support enables us to keep having these conversations and improving everything we do. There are three ways you can support when belief dies. Firstly, would you rate When Belief Dies in Apple Podcasts and over on Audible? Rating us in these spaces boosts our visibility. Secondly, would you share this episode with your family, friends and followers? We grow mainly through word of mouth, so please consider who might find this a helpful conversation and share it with them. Lastly, would you consider supporting the show financially? You can support the show on Patreon with a monthly gift or a one-off donation via PayPal or Bitcoin. Everything you give goes directly towards running and improving the blog, podcast and YouTube channel. All the links are in the description and thank you for supporting the show. Right, let's get back to this week's conversation. And I think, okay, that's, that's fine. And actually, you know, there are different ways we can technically break it down. But I think in all of these things, it's sort of going, actually, what, like, 
breaking that down. I, I don't think ever talking about religious things actually means that much anymore. Um, I think it's there's always something else underlying it. Does am I making much sense here, Sam? Sorry. <laughs> no, you are. Yeah, you are. I think it's 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 really interesting because I mean, there's there's even like a metaphorical level, right? Where there's this idea that sort of Christmas is around the 25th of December. We've obviously got the kind of the um sort of the um winter solstice, isn't it? Kind of like the shortest day of the year and stuff. And this this idea that from then on light comes in, and this idea that a God coming in to 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 give us light and direction, this this divine being of some sort, and there's just this this natural human tendency to kind of revolve around and look to the future and look for hope and look for joy. And as we're coming out of this dark season, okay, it's the darkest right now, but we know there's there's hope ahead and that's why that's why Christ, that's why christmas is at this time because it's the beginning of that sort of hope coming in and that's why it's been placed here on the 25th of december and it's it's just fascinating kind of the, the way that humans have constructed their religious art around different seasons to help us to think things through i mean there, there are so many so many levels to this sort of stuff i mean you know i've, I've been listening to a lot of sort of like um jordan b peterson i've been listening to his two so i'm seeing him in september so i've been listening to his two books um and um you know, I, I think he says many things that are really great and many things that are really not great. And he, he, what I find interesting about him is his desire to sort of look at the metaphorical narratives behind things like, you know, the classic Disney films like Pinocchio. Like there are loads of like interesting sorts of um, psychological metaphorical things in there that just represent human life and, and humans desire for flourishing and, and chaos and order coming together and how those two things are in conflict. And that, that stuff I find absolutely fascinating. When he brings the Bible in, I, I just kind of think it's just it's almost like he's bringing Pinocchio in. That's kind of that's sort of how I'm viewing it because he's just drawing on different stories and narratives and art as as humanity's way of sort of coming around something and expressing itself and trying to understand the world and express our, our shared experiences, essentially, um, of pain and hurt and, and joy in life and, and, and these things. And if, if, if we can begin to view um, religion, the sort of big sort of classics, classic religions within that religion um as that then i think we can get into a really interesting space to begin to kind of work out the, the things we have in common um which i think are really powerful but just 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 briefly touching on your sort of uh, christmas carol stuff i i find it exactly the same i think th there are so many songs that i think are just confirmation bias essentially where people are just repeating things to hold things in their heads and hearts and, and then just proclaim them to be true without any sort of basis to that being true at all and it's that sort of um it's almost like an ostrich putting his head in the sand there's this 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 negation of responsibility to actually try to hold as much truth as you can that's knowable and tangible it, it's 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 a desire to hold falsehoods and claim they are reality and that's dangerous but then at the same time if you can look at a stained glass window and recognize it as as a shared human experience through a myth and art it's it's a completely different thing it becomes it's become something you can weirdly celebrate even post-Christian. And I think uh, that might actually sound quite scary to a lot of ex-Christians is this, this idea that you could stand within the church looking at a stained glass window and celebrate humanity's shared myth in, in art. But you can, if you allow yourself to, it, it, it's not trying to hold myths as truths. It's trying to understand that myths are ways that we are expressing ourselves and we're trying to share the human story and outwork it in in ways that people have then taken literally and it's gone too far and it's become dangerous and dogmatic and, and painful and that's that's where that rejection comes in that's where that hurt comes in that's where that pain comes in it's when people want to hold dogma as a sword and cut people down and it's when you begin to let go of dogma and you can understand art and 
myth and history and humanity and you can see that there is scope for enjoyment i don't know is that sort of is that resonating with what you said hopefully i'm i'm on the same sort of lines yeah no absolutely and you know as you were saying there about confirmation bias because yeah like um once again when i was thinking back to uh in christ alone and just thinking through the various lyrics it's like even even the title of the song in christ alone nothing else uh my hope is found in christ alone it, it cannot possibly be found anywhere else um you know oh in christ alone he took the wrath of god oh because without christ oh well you know where that goes it it's yeah I, and it's scary now looking at those lyrics and going oh wow okay there's there is a different story being told there than the story that you know uh, away in the manger is is Gobi's uh, telling. As much as that's far from my favorite uh, <laughs> favorite Christmas Carol, um, but yeah, I mean, part of me is scared to maybe look into the lyrics of various Christmas carols a bit more because I might start noticing things that uh, maybe I'm a bit put off by. But I suspect that the ones that have truly lasted are probably the ones that have lasted because actually they could be accepted by a secular audience as much as they could be accepted by a strong christian um and so i think there is a different dynamic there that has that has came through uh in the carols and i think your point there around dogma is is such an important one because you know once again we like i guess and, and i know there's a lot of discussion and debate as to what exactly atheism is what what makes an atheist and where are the boundaries of where that starts and where that ends and i think it's interesting because obviously in the in the proper like philosophy or religion literature you know uh there is theism which is the proposition that there is a god you have atheism the proposition that there is no gods and agnostic which reserves judgment on the matter and a couple of other um sorry categories but actually when we look out in the wild like people aren't just out on the streets going uh just needed to inform you um there is this being that exists called a god in case you didn't know like you just need to add that to to your list of things that exist um that's not it at all instead what we have is um sort of that uh god exists at the bottom uh god told me so now there's a claim to know what's in God's mind, to know God's values, through uh, a variety of means. And God told me to do, and for you to do, and for everyone to do, um, and all these big normative statements. And actually, I, that's that's sort of how deism and Christianity sort of presents itself out in the wild. And so therefore, to me, to be an atheist is to be against that whole construction and we can actually tackle that at a couple of different levels you know you could go okay god doesn't exist so therefore the entire thing just collapses but then we get do get into very complicated metaphysics um the books are long uh most of the literature will probably lead you to the conclusion okay, so we don't actually, I, I don't know what to think anymore. Um, it, it is a complicated area. And I can see, I think there are ways it could be made more digestible. And um, I, I'm i not the smartest guy. If I can get my head around it, most people can. Um, it's, 
it, it, it can make sense. But talk of ontological simplicity versus explanatory power is, is not the conversation you're going to have in the church. I think it's more at that second level where actually a lot of the uh, a lot of the traction is and whether you sort of actively hold there are no gods or whether you're just not like you don't think uh the burden of proof has been met to prove there is a god as soon as someone claims to have knowledge of what god thinks and that's where rubber starts hitting the road um whether they're relying on scripture well actually you know what is the reliability of scripture and what's your interpretation of it because these are ancient texts you're not an ancient person so you're probably thinking in a completely different way so uh there's a lot of friction that can come in there or you know personal revelation well how like how often does that actually work do we have any evidence to suggest that actually what's a real one and what's a false one because presumably nearly every person that claims this will also claim that other people who have claimed those experiences which are contrary to theirs is wrong so how do they discern how do we break between them and that's i think actually the weakest part where a lot of people actually get involved and that's that doesn't depend on actually believing there's no god and that is also where we find the most damage because actually this is where we get the most passionate about it because we're angry because we believe something and now we think it's wrong uh and i don't know about you sam but like nearly all all of the changes that i went through was a change in the far more fundamental question of what how do i understand what is true and a co completely different way of understanding what is the criteria of truth what can i trust in and how do i think through these questions that that tends to be the area and it's also where as soon as someone is making a massive claim of knowing what god thinks on a particular issue you know we already talked about the issue of homosexuality to make the claim that you know what god thinks about that topic and to therefore condemn it and to condemn it with the force of a deity behind you believing that actually you have to have so much certainty to make such a you know a, a dangerous and violent claim and actually that one i think even the the question of god exists like at best you've got so much uncertainty and then on top of that to then say well we can understand what that god thinks it is so much smaller and so it's just the disproportionate risks that then come into play and but equally that dogmatic thinking once again can carry with us even as we reject god um it's just no longer god's dogma but our own and our own hubris uh, of our own reasoning and rationale rather than constantly reminding ourselves that we're human and we, we're really built for our own perspective to to eat drink and live um as opposed to being masters of the universe um as much as we might like to think we are um hmm. yeah a variety of thoughts there so sorry <laughs> that's all good man it's really nice it's, it's really interesting um i mean i'm gonna throw it back to you kind of very quickly to be honest i i would love to kind of i think begin to look at the idea of kind of um what do we see in the term deconstruction kind of what do you see 
in that term we kind of touched on it a few a few times and i've got a few ideas as well but just to kind of kick us off daniel like what what do you see in in the term deconstruction how does it fit into this sort of um i guess future world that we're looking at right we're trying to navigate this space that we're in hoping that others will join us one day in their sort of deconstruction of things like it, is is that what we mean by the term deconstruction or is that just a, a false hope that i've got there <laughs> yeah i mean i think it's one of those words where like you have to appreciate it, it has fuzzy edges because we like people don't just sit in the room and like do this perfect conceptual engineering of we're going to create this term and it's going to mean precisely this um and so you know at times you sort of see it almost as a description of just what we're seeing as this sort of reaction against sort of how christianity has really developed in recent times and it's sort of another stage of uh friction in the church's history of people move this sort of shift away from traditional forms of christianity or maybe traditional is the wrong word but certainly the the pre-existing eva evangelical sort of uh church that existed beforehand um but in terms of like for me like i think of the moment when i decided i i can no longer turn myself a christian and eventually sort of said yeah i think the best description of me is as an atheist and even then what i meant by that was i um you know i had actively decided not to exist in any religious community because i didn't have a belief in god um that would later get added to with a far more stronger philosophical understanding and you know um active oh yeah i think we could actually confidently say there's uh it's it would be incredibly surprising uh if there turns out to be a god basically um but that i count as my deconversion like it was a change of my social identity it was a change of my own categorization the deconstruction is something that was far longer and started before i left faith and continued after it's sort of that <clears throat> reworking of what are all the different assumptions i'm making about how i think about things um what are the things that i've taken for granted and i'm no longer working and it seems to be falling apart uh, and i guess that was sort of like how i imagine it like my beliefs were this massive structure and things were were creaking and falling apart and actually deconstruction almost collapsed on top of me rather than <laughs> was this sensible maneuver but it's sort of it, it's thinking twice about things and sort of looking at these theological and, and even philosophical commitments because the sort of blurring between the two and sort of going actually is 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 that correct is that actually leading to a reliable sort of um way of understanding the world is that leading to a reliable way of treating people well um and sort of tackling these assumptions that for me was was deconstruction um so you know even thinking oh i i used to be a christian um so i had the truth as a christian i changed my mind i'm now an atheist and i now have the truth as an atheist like actually 
that's that's sort of a deconversion without a deconstruction in terms of actually hang on what do i mean by truth in terms of how something corresponds with reality okay how do i arrive at such a a broad conclusion as to say that there is no god like what what is the process there how reliable is that where where am i getting that from and how does that work that and then sort of going oh actually you know the fundamental nature of reality isn't as important to me as actually how do i understand things which are useful in achieving the things that i actually want to achieve um so being able to then turn around to go actually i can get along really well with christians muslims uh sikhs hindus and all these other religions which actually then all of a sudden um because uh, this is a, a, a slightly different tangent but i think a really important point another big thing about the my deconstruction is even when i left christianity i still had the idea that religion is this very restrictive set of beliefs that you have about god the supernatural um salvation mankind's purpose and meaning all these sort of things like you have this block of beliefs and a certain block of beliefs is described as a religion um and therefore all religions just were wrong uh, and therefore should disappear rather than appreciating actually religion is something far more complex it's far more connected into a culture into the expression of that culture and sort of in the same way that you know obviously uh christianity has a very uh a difficult relationship with uh the growth of empire and capitalism and, and various things like that and so many communities they went into well you know oh these people they don't have christianity and you know they've got this inferior intellectual uh beliefs they've got inferior culture they're they're spiritually and morally uh deficient we need to change that we need to to bring them into the truth of christianity actually for me to continue that in sort of saying well i'm an atheist and i have the access to the truth and so therefore anyone who's not an atheist all these other communities you know they're intellectually deficient they're emotionally and spiritually and morally deficient like oh that's the same pattern being expressed in this i have the truth i have the correct set of beliefs rather than actually the more i've like gone through that deconstruction as an atheist the more i've gone actually we can all have different metaphysical systems and yes if we want to get into it especially you know if you're on the cutting edge of physics and science like this is going to be really important <laughs> to you and we could talk about ontological simplicity versus uh expired power all day but actually it's not the main thing to most of these interactions i have with people and to then be able to enjoy and value the humanity that exists within other religions and therefore enjoy the culture and the variety that we see um is such a it is a great thing for me i i actually respect and enjoy religion more as much as i might have strong critiques on some of the things that it has within it that have been put that have had that religious wrapper put on it 
Um, but you know, I, I think there are ways that we can enjoy that and get get rid of some of that, you know, leftover Christianity of we have the truth and anyone that doesn't have the truth is is deficient. Does that make sense? It does, mate. Yeah, it's um, it, it's fascinating. You mentioned sort of blocks and the sort of building of this thing and this this construction, right? Is it is literally a construction? You're constructing different ideas, and you start off with a base, and you begin to, from that point of view, begin to make, um, I guess the best guess forwards, and you kind of build this framework, and you you have a text, and you kind of pull certain things from it. You try and understand it as a whole, and you try and draw lines through it, and see where the weaves come together, and pull it all together, and say this this is the thing, right? This is what we're going to say. This is the religion that I'm following. This is why I'm following it. Um, <clears throat> It's, it's fascinating but then you begin to look at those blocks individually even if you're still in the religion you begin to through time and through experience and just life circumstances you begin to really kind of go in and go okay well do i believe in hell let's take the hell block out and put it here and go what does this mean how does i how does this make sense that people would go to this place and what does this place look like and why would god want them to go there if they don't believe this very 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 specific doctrine on this block and you begin to try and work out where all the threads join together and it's fascinating so a guy called Dietrich Bonhoeffer I'm a, I'm a big fan of Bonhoeffer a Christian um, German theologian um, from the Lutheran school of thought I believe um, who died in a concentration camp um, at the very end of World War II I think the camp the camp he died and was liberated like you know four weeks after he died it was it was ridiculous um, anyway he, he wrote quite a lot of letters while he was in prison and one of the interesting things he begins to say towards the end of his life is this idea that um, it's, it's almost like we we shouldn't live as if god's real we should we should live in the, the truth of god but not as if it's for a god if it's for a god it's it's serving this thing when actually we should be letting god live through us in in our love and our exploration and it was almost like he was beginning to deconstruct some of his blocks through the experiences he had within these concentration camps the people he'd spoken to the christians the jews the other people of religion there um trying to understand how this all fits together and he didn't ever give up on christianity like i'm not trying to say bonhoeffer was was not a christian at the end but he did begin to question things um, and i think you see that when many christians from many walks of life they they change their mind on things and they begin to realize that actually the sort of construction they had isn't quite correct and they change a few blocks and before long you realize that the thing you had isn't there anymore it's, it's a different building it was once this square it's now a pyramid or it's something completely different and and you realize as you said at some point that you can't call yourself the the christian and it might be that you're no longer a strict conservative lutheran and you're much more of a sort of um you know classic evangelical now and, and you've shifted in, in that and you kind of begin to look at the charismatic gifts are they true and real and how do they manifest and and you just begin to work these things through and i i often find that you need to ask the question which is very hard to ask but what was it that gave you the construct in the first place like was this construct handed to you from somebody did it did it get dictated to you from a parent maybe or or a church leader or a, was it an alpha book you read or a, was it an alpha course or what how did this construct get given to you and did you buy it wholesale did you accept everything that was handed to you and that was it it was locked in and you've never questioned it since and and you need to begin it's hard it's, it's hard as balls but you need to begin to really go into these constructs that have been placed to you and work out 
why you believe them and if there is ground for belief in them and maybe it's a personal experience like we've spoken to dale dale Sialison on the podcast he has he has personal experiences of of dead people coming to him in visions and he's had personal experience of god in many ways and he's gone into those in dif different and greater extents in his work and and you know he's a christian i, I, I literally don't have an issue with that that's completely fine but he has his reasons he's looked at his blocks and he, he says that actually i'm agnostic to this i believe this very strongly i'm a christian for these reasons okay great thank you dale you've really you've really worked hard to explain why you believe what you believe and it's not just a, a handed manifesto and he said you must believe these things i think that that's the big question is you know what is the foundation of this construct and who gave it to you if you built it from the ground up yourself fascinating if it was handed to you i think you need to ask some questions Yeah, it's all all about that sort of the the questioning of what what is true and, and like just sort of picking that apart and and reevaluating like and that could lead to a whole load of different directions and I think exactly as you're saying it is strange that as much as yeah I'm you know I'm quite happy um, be being an atheist both in the terms of um, not believing in it, uh, believing there are no gods, and in terms of living outside of religious community myself, uh, not expect not not making that part of my lifestyle and finding that in other ways. But I think, yeah, that it, that is some of the way that we can also move past our resentment, uh, as we were talking about right at the beginning, when we can actually turn back and go, okay, even if I'm removing all the divinity and the wrongful claims to that that these various religions have i don't also then need to strip out the humanity of it i can actually enjoy the various things that they it's brought out you know i can enjoy the fact that you know christians um held on to so much greek philosophy and worked on it and developed it and that was further developed by various muslim thinkers and that was further <laughs> developed and you know we can go across uh, and find taoism and confucianism to 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 help uh bring different insights from a completely different perspective as well um that i i i think there is a sort of um joy that can be found in sort of recognizing the humanity in it and recognizing the humanity also means recognizing humans aren't perfect um and they don't operate entirely to our values certainly so we can still apply the same measures of critique as we might apply in some other field like you know um you know we watch a piece of media and perhaps you know the way that it depicts women is really unhelpful and uh, reductive and just creates them as a sexual object rather than a living breathing thinking human being and we could critique that and in the same way we can critique various pieces of religious art religious media and sort of go well what story is it telling what is it is it telling a story that's sort of consistent with what we can agree with or is it telling a story that is you know uh that is against our values in terms of these people don't have worth um they only 
way to happiness and success is through our faith and everyone else's um out of order and i think yeah I, and i guess that's sort of where i've i'm constantly fighting to keep myself there <laughs> because obviously as much as like it's become such an exciting area of exploration and you know i do the the podcast with you sam because we get to have really cool conversations with so many amazing guests and get to hear some completely different perspectives and and think on this topic it's become an area of real curiosity um on so many different levels um and yet i'm also aware there's there's still bits of personal baggage that that rears their head uh every so often but being able to just admire the ingenuity of humanity as sometimes is expressed within religion can can be really helpful um in terms of exploring it in terms of then deconstructing some of those ideas of i was a christian i was the right one um and all the others were wrong i think it's it's one of the most helpful things yeah no, I agree. I think the, the great thing about the podcast is the reality that also we don't actually agree on quite a lot of stuff as well, like, which is absolutely fine. Like there are many times you said to me, this thing you said in this episode when I wasn't there, like what, what's that about? Or I, you've said to me recently that you agreed with Roger more than me on, on a certain points in our conversation together. And I think that's, that's totally cool. That's so good. Like it isn't, we're not trying to say this is the only way what this this entire conversation is always meant to be around is exploring ideas and asking questions and having a conversation around that and creating narrative and then seeing where we land and actually challenging each other and our listeners as, as we go forwards like this isn't a, a i think many people turn to atheism potentially or, or a lack of belief in god and try and find another sort of dogma or firm foundation to stand on and actually i'm so much more of this person think i'm on some sort of life raft going down some sort of rapids and i'm just going to see what happens and just enjoy that journey enjoy the conversations and have guests on who have views that are nothing like ours like in a couple of weeks time we're talking to to, to john lennox on the podcast hopefully um and you know that's going to be a really interesting conversation sort of around his views of christianity and you know, i don't think we're going to be able to massively challenge him but what that's going to do is it's going to enable us to hear his his ideas to our questions we can go away and mull those over and come back and, and have have a meaningful conversation from that and then pick someone else's brain on, on things that we've kind of thought from that and you know we're, we're mentioning people all the time like tom holland or simon blackburn or whoever because they've written and thought things through that have affected us and made us go have they got a point there like is that oh i actually do think that's true and is it right that i think that's true and beginning to try and work that through and not just create like right that's it slap that into my dog when that's a new block i'm going to say is is, is irrefutable you cannot prove this is wrong I'm just going to go with it but actually we're much more going this is a journey um it's not a destination are there any sort of final thoughts daniel on the idea of sort of pain and bitterness and uh the deconstruction that goes alongside that yeah absolutely and yeah i'm i'm really excited you know as you mentioned got uh john lennox um coming on i i yeah because i think there's always that and, and i guess what from my perspective it is a, a, a such a tightrope walk but i do think it is possible to be like fully respectful and recognize hey like our understanding of this world is virtually nothing. We're just humans. Like, let's let's be real. We 
we need to be modest about our understanding of things rather than just constantly going at each other while at the same time recognizing there are patterns of dogmatic teaching there are patterns of uh, fallacious and faulty thinking that that can have massive impacts you know i i would not blame christianity as a entire umbrella for particularly what we're seeing in the anti-vax movement over in the states where it's most strongly like we've we've got our contingent here in the uk but it seems to be drawn along slightly different lines religion doesn't seem to have be such a, a strong thing um and uh, you know we need to make sure that actually we're we're sort of talking about okay though we may not know much you know how can we access truth what are the the methods of inquiry that we can use to to properly understand things and and get at some of those because if if we're allowing faulty thinking to just slide across society everywhere and along these things of the things we don't talk about like religion then it 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 can quickly lead to well people aren't applying that way of thinking to these things which you know may have a far bigger far more immediate impact on them and us and everyone around um so i think yeah there needs to be a way for us to be able to have meaningful engaged conversation to recognize the faults in our own thinking and to constantly be questioning uh ourselves and, and re-evaluating and, and carefully engaging while at the same time not letting up where critique is is real and is justified and i i think for almost certain i am constantly falling short one way or the other on that i know that there are times when i just respond out of anger fortunately it just goes into typing into documents that never see the light of day um and there are also times where i've let things go when actually I know that underlying it, no, there was a faulty reasoning there. And if I could break through and try and help people think about how did you think through that? How did you arrive at that conclusion? Where where did that come from? That actually that's that's where some meaningful change can happen. Um, but that does sometimes mean conflict. It's It's a tricky one. Conflict isn't necessarily bad as well. I found that it, I've I've managed many people in my my life so far. <laughs> Not that I'm that old, but um, and I often find that having um, constructive conflict is is really helpful. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it kind of like performance management or whatever. But actually, being able to sit down with someone and talk about a tricky situational topic and say, you know, you aren't performing in this area. I know you're not from this area. You know you're not from this area what's going on like tell me why and let's work this through and it's not a telling off it's a it's, it's it's a conflict that produces fruit i think in the long run and then you know it's a classic christian example isn't it but you kind of go and you've got to plow the ground before you can plant the seeds and you've got to prune the bush before it's going to produce fruit like they are classic christian memes but they're true in not just christianity they're true in life in general um because they're true agricultural like facts like that's, that's what you're going to do um so it, it's it's this it's this right that, that conflict does actually produce 
through if you allow it to like if you allow it to be a, a tool that is used positively rather than something you're using to win and have won over someone um, as in like you're won over them not that you've won them over but you know you're you're beating them essentially so um yeah it is it's vital to have positive conflict and i think that is possible it's just a really hard thing and i think i want to see it modeled well and i want to be someone who can model that well and you know hopefully um hopefully this podcast can become that place of, of positive conflicts we come against ideas and we we battle the ideas but but not the people that, that's my hope I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. As always, to leave any comments or thoughts, please head on over to YouTube. And to follow us on social media or to see where else we are online, hit the link in the description. Thank you to all our regular givers for making this dream a reality. And I'll catch you here at the same time next week. Enjoy the journey.